Moncrief with Energlaze on News Talk. Now, most of the names for star constellations derive from observations made by the ancient Greeks. They spotted shapes in the sky and named them after things they knew. But in Ireland, people had their own names for the stars and constellations. They learned how to use them and give them meanings. Tonight at 6pm in UCC, the journalist Sean McEntehig will present a talk on how our ancestors regarded the night sky. It's called Celestial Echoes, the Night Sky in Irish Folklore. Sean, good afternoon. Hi, Sean. How are you doing? Not too bad. Now, when you were researching this, Sean, was, is it difficult to get sources on, on uh, the names we gave stars and, and uh, how we regarded them? It is, I suppose, changes in the linguistic dynamic in the Irish-speaking regions, but as well as that, the modernisation of society has brought a lot of change in this whole area. So the, the, where I've sourced, sourced the majority of the material, you'll find it in written manuscripts held in, in, the, in the archives of the Irish Folklore Commission. There are over two million pages of lore that was collected, you know, from the 30s, 40s and 50s, uh, mainly in the the, the Gaelic areas, the Gaelic speaking areas. And no, it's, it's slow work because uh, the star lore hasn't been indexed. So it's a case of sifting through the manuscripts and hoping you might come across a nugget here and there as you yeah. walk through it. Yeah, but of course, in, in the 1930s, in many parts of the country, there was no street lamps, so the, the, the sky would have been much more vivid uh, to That's people. It, Sean, and you know, my, my, I suppose I was fortunate to, to be raised in, in the West Kerry Gaeltacht uh, at a time, you know, in the early 80s. My old neighbours around me and my grandparents, they all belonged to a, um, a pre-electric age. And I think that kind of imbued them with a different perspective on life and a different perspective on the world around them. And they had a much more imaginative take on that world. Mm. And, you know, they were full of these uh, fairy stories and stories about spirits. And they kind of lived in harmony with the supernatural and they believed in the supernatural. And as well as that, then they were closer to their immediate environment, whether they were in touch with, with nature as they worked in the fields or the fishermen at sea. Or even I remember my grandmother telling telling us a story about this magical cow, the Gwaskainach, and the cow was owned by an old woman and she was very boastful of this cow. She claimed that there was no vessel in the land that the cow could not fill and her neighbour grew extremely jealous and she was trying to get the cow off her neighbour and she challenged the old woman if that she could produce a vessel that the cow wouldn't be able to fill, would she give her the cow? So the old woman agreed and unfortunately the, the, the neighbour came along with a sieve <laughs> and the cow was unable to fill the sieve. But the, the, the connection with the night sky there, it was an origin story that my grandmother had to explain the, the existence of Bolach Nobo Finna, the way of the white cow, which we find as the Milky Way, ah. and that the cow during the day would be sent to the rich pastures of North Kerry, but at night it would return to Corcorina to be milked in the morning, and that, you know, its udders were full of milk, returning from those pastures and that the 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 Milky Way or Blachnabo Finna that she sprinkled her way across the sky as she returned to Corcorina. Yeah, that's that's very... Because I assume people would have used the stars in a practical way. Fishermen, you mentioned already, and, and you know, people would have known, been able to make a guess, a guess when uh, when the sun was going to come up again based on the position of the stars and that kind of thing. That's right. Um, fishermen in particular would have used them. You know, I spoke to some, I've spoken to some old fishermen 
back here in West Kerry and uh, it was mainly used, I suppose, during the great age of the Nyavog and, you know, when mackerel, the mackerel industry was flying and there was a lot of fishing by night and, you know, they would use the fixed stars for navigation, but also for time. Um, and those living on the land as well used stars such as Untedine. It's a, it's a cluster of stars that it's known in 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 astronomical terms as the Pleiades, but Untedine, the little herd, and you would read it in the context of your immediate landscape, your own horizon. So let's say the star was above Mount Brandon. You knew it was 10 o'clock at night and by the time it mm. moved to the south over Croix and it was 3 o'clock and it was very accurate. And they, they used that and as well as that they used on Teshrach. Teshrach means a plough team, a pair of horses. And that was the, the native term for, for the plough itself or, um, or Samajor. So they would have used these stars for both navigation and um, for, for weather signs as well, you know, s- certain qualities in the star, if the stars were sparkling, it meant frost. If a star was close to the moon, it was a sign of bad weather. The further away a prominent star was for, for the moon, the better the weather would be. Um, they, 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 there was also uh, this uh, man at the helm of a same boat. That's the traditional same boat in South Kerry uh, that carried out the night fishing for mackerel. And he was known as a Nielodoid. And his job was to stand at the bow of the boat and observe the dark expanse of ocean to try and spot that plume of phosphorescence that a shoal of mackerel would give off in the dark. But when you go to the old dictionaries and you look at that term, it's described as the spire in a sane boat, but also a stargazer. And, you know, I think it harks back to an age when night navigation was reliant and, and dependent on the stars and that the term has survived in the practice of uh, the spire at the, at the at the bow of the boat. Yeah, because I'm even though, like as you were saying, the, 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 a lot of your source material, the 30s and 40s, I assume though a lot of these uh, uh, beliefs and practices are much, much older than that. Yeah, you, you'd assume so. It's hard to know, to be honest. You know, it's it's easy to make, I suppose, speculation and, you know, m- m- make judgments. And, you know, there's always a desire, I suppose, to go right back into the Celtic past and mm-hmm. um, make these connections. But, you know, what, what I what I can say is that, you know, our early Christian monks had a, a deep understanding of the night sky. They studied it very carefully and they documented it but their their learning and their teaching was brought from the east it was the the roman greco culture and that's what you find even in the manuscripts they produced in Ir- in in the irish language the terminology is all based on that greco roman um tradition now a couple of star names you find in the manuscripts have have a very native feel for example you have um the star on dragvo the, the constellation on Dragvo, and you also find it as Dragvod, and that's uh, describing Ursa Minor, um, the little plough, as some people call it, or the mm. little saucepan. And Drag is an, an old Irish word for fire, for tina, for fire. And Bod, Bo, in the first instance, means house. You still have it in the word Bahan for a small little shed. So house of fire. But the alternative version you, you find in the manuscript Dragvod. Uh, again, fire, bud can mean penis or tail. 
and maybe the Christians were trying to sanitize the language a bit, maybe <laughs> and brought, brought in both. Um, so they're very descriptive terms, you know, for, for constellations and stars. Arcturus, mm. for example, uh, in the Irish tradition is known as Unhirsoy. And Unhirsoy is a, it's a vessel that can hold 40 gallons of wine. You've got Cassiopeia, that's, you know, that W you have in the sky. Mm. As it's very prominent. It's known as Kosakama Korkoan, the crooked legs of the three-legged pot. So a very descriptive <laughs> term. You, Leo is known as Unkoran, uh, the sickle. And that kind of describes, I suppose, the front part of Leo in particular, which takes the shape of a, of a, of a reaping hook or a sickle. Yeah, that's so interesting that we were like, just in the same way that, uh, as I said in the introduction, people were naming it after things they knew and and so were we as well. Uh, um, yeah, and and some of the, the, the names, you get a sense that they are, I suppose, delving right back into the ancient past. Take, for example, the, the name in the native tradition for Venus as a morning star when she appears in the morning. She's known as Kalahin the Mahori, the little hag of the early risers. And it's a beautiful descriptive name, but it, 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 it also has echoes of the hag in Irish mythology as a, a land goddess and a fertility goddess. And she's this kind of a giant of a being that roams the land. And she has quite sinister qualities in a lot of the, the storytelling. Um, whereas if when you go back to the pre-Christian age, she's seen in a more positive light. Um, and it's nice. T- I, I like to imagine that we have her represented in the night sky as well as Kalihin, Mumahoyli, the little hag of the early riser. Yeah, Sean, it's fascinating stuff. And loads more there, of course. Uh, that that, that uh, talk will be taking place tonight at 6pm in, in UCC. Sean McIntyre, thanks a million for talking to us today. Moncrief, weekdays at 2 p.m. with Anna Glaze on News Talk.